Mike, check one, check one. Check two, check two. All right. G'day, mates. Oh, <laughs> G'day, oh. mates. Just, yeah. just. A dingo took my <laughs> career. <laughs> So check two, check three. That's just going to go yeah. through all of yeah. them. Just... You've got to get in before everyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> you just know they're going to yeah. happen. So yeah. you're gonna... Have you said oi yet? Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds episode 236. Work it. Work it. Hashtag hard work it. Yeah, yeah. already. We, just, we don't even even done it yet, but we know oh, it's going to be a hard work. Fuck yeah. That's what this episode is. It's a hashtag fuck yeah. People get mad. They're like, every episode you add four new hashtags. Yeah. So we'll just keep it standard. Yeah. Hashtag work it. We're going to give our fans carpal tunnel syndrome. Hashtag hard work it. Hashtag JGL. And then we're good. And again, always a kitten hands if you want to right, throw sure. kitten hands in there. Throw that in there. Um, my name is Graham Elwood, everybody. I'm Chris, I'm, I'm Chris Mancini, and we've got an amazing show uh, today. Actually, we're going to go over Kill the Messenger, Whiplash, um, Gone Girl again, now that I've seen it. Although, not a spoiler rep uh, yet. I think we're going to do a Gone Girl spoiler rep. We are. I think we, we should just say that's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yes. Everyone, because you can't... You can't talk, really talk about it. You can't it. talk about that movie at all without right. giving shit away. So you just right. have to speak in these general... It was neat, and there was dark moments, and that's about all you can say without people mm-hmm. knowing what's happening. Or I could also say, didn't like it. Oh, so, oh we're gonna get oh into what an it. asshole. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're going to get into Just it. Just out of the <laughs> gate. Um, take some poke at it. Yeah. So today's gonna, we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like def- well, we can't, though. That's the problem. Right. We can't. We've got to save it. We're going to save it. a spoiler. It. We're going to do a spoiler. We 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 mm-hmm. Now we have to do a spoiler. Right. Girl. We have a little time now. Um, so Not much. Not much, no. <laughs> we just got done shooting the... Uh, can we Prop see? 90. Ballot Measure 90, 90 in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. We've got a, um, an ad uh, yeah. against Prop 90. No, so, no, 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 no. It's, it's for it. Oh, okay. idiot. <laughs> Um, I should have paid more attention during shooting. Oh, yeah. What the fuck were you doing? It's all that was yes on 90. You must have heard that a thousand times. Um, Yeah, so we're in favor of um, independence opening up Absolutely. We were open primaries, help democracy. Yeah. Plain and simple. Let's do it. Uh, Now, we also want to mention to you guys that the the podcast festival, the live stream, will be ending very soon on uh, October 19th. Mm -hmm. That is Sunday. And everything is up and working. We had a little bit of problems with the uh, Libsyn panel, but that is fixed. You can hear the audio. It's an amazing panel. And, t- you know, $25 gets you the entire fest. Over 50 hours of 50 video. Hours You'd have to actually buy it and start watching it now if you wanted to watch yeah. the entire so, thing. But why would you pay $25? You're not a sap. You want to pay 20 Yeah, you want to use coupon code NERD and save 5 bucks. Yeah, of course you do, because you're very smart. You're very smart. we got to pay for some nice birthday cake. Yeah, yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> We're going in the hole on a birthday cake during a live podcast performance. <laughs> That's a ridiculous statement to make. <laughs> God, we're dumb. Um, no, that was that birthday was awesome. Well, I was the cake watching. Was fifteen hundred dollars? It was fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> 
That's maybe where we went wrong. We went yeah. with the expensive cake. We did. We did. We didn't question it at all. All right. Well, that's what the baker I needs. I guess that's what cakes cost in Beverly yeah, Hills. Of course. You know, don't be an asshole. You got. You want a cake? You got to pay fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, she's from Japan. Well, now it's two grand. Yeah. What? Why does? Why does? Where's her nationality? Have yeah. Anything why to... is who's eating it make the price go up? <laughs> they just went konnichiwa. Yeah. Charged me. And then the bill was twenty five hundred. Yeah. It keeps going up. The guy's a dick. <laughs> so coupon code nerd guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. October nineteenth. I was watching some of it. I was watching some of the raw footage too from the festival, which was just a was really cool. Um, and the interview that uh, Joey McIntyre did after was really cool. And just watching Aisha, God, she's a, she's fucking hilarious. hilarious. God, yeah. she's funny. Um, <clears throat> Let's introduce our guest. Let's do it. He's been very politely sitting there. Um, our first guest from Australia. Nope. No, not even close. <laughs> not even close. We've had Will on twice, I think. Oh, and CJ two or three times. Yeah, we've had a yeah. bunch of Aussies. The least famous guest from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the guest from Australia that needs this the most. <laughs> He's not doing us a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saunders or Saunders? Is it Saunders? Sanders. If this podcast works out, you'll know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saunders. Yeah. And hey, you guys. Like French and Saunders. Okay. What? From the comedy team. Anyway, they're British. Never mind. Wow. From uh, the alleged comedy team. Yes. <laughs> I um thanks for having us, you guys. I, I was when you were doing the the intro and it was very good with the uh the podcast fest mm-hmm. and how you said twenty five. Like my best case scenario that someone went, What? Six days until this finishes, they press pause, they go buy their, uh-huh. their voucher, their their access to the stream. And then they listen to the rest of the podcast, and then it goes, now don't be a sap and pay $25. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh! <laughs> well, if that happens, that's... Yeah. Thank you. And we'll say from Steel Saunders is from the Green Guide Letters podcast. Yeah, it was your first time doing the festival. Yeah, and it was so much fun. I love Green Guide Letters, and the Green Guide is the TV guide in Melbourne, and people write petty complaints to the TV guide, and we... We then make petty complaints about their petty complaints. So, circle of life. So, so, so you, you read their complaint and then comment like you make fun of their letter? Generally, yes. Because if you're going to take the time to write a letter to the newspaper to complain about television, you've probably not got that good a thing to say. So, it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, and then we try to get people on that are getting complained about. Will is often complained about in the Green Guide. <laughs> really? Oh, that's so. We, we get him on to retaliate. Oh, that's great. And it's funny to, to see the other side of the story. We've had like like weather women on and, and current affairs reporters and stuff. And what, what are some of the complaints that people have about Will? Oh, complain about Will. We had a complaint that one of our friends, Tom Ballard, was too much like Will in that he was a comedian on television. <laughs> I think that was... <laughs> I love that. How dare you appear on my television in the same format? That's very annoying. But we've had – we did 10 weeks, guys, because they took the staples out of the TV guide and that invoked 10 weeks of to and froing pro and con complaint letters about the staples. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's it's really a town meeting of just like nutbags <laughs> that are just yelling out. Like it was just like – I'm glad you got rid of the staples. And then it's like, 
no, we need staples. No, no, no. So people would have... Um, I work for a staple manufacturing company. Yeah. Now I'm going to lose my job. The staple czar of Melbourne was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> they... um. It was, yeah. It's, but it's good that he'd sort of invested also in paper clips. So, he, you know, he diversified. Uh, his bet. Yeah. Smart. And uh, he's got a few dollars in blue tack as well. <laughs> as I said that, I was like, man, I hope Americans have blue tack. They've probably got red, white, and blue tack. Um, the. God, God willing. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Made in China. So we had people complain that it was too hard to recycle with the staples. Then we had a guy that only had one arm write in and say, well, without the staples, it makes it very hard to read. And then someone said, if you get a sewing machine, you can bind it yourself. And then we had one of our readers send in that they took that advice and they sent in a photo of their binded sewing machine green guide but it's just it's just it's madness like, now how does it stay together without the staples that is just on hope uh, yeah <laughs> that is amazing that is so great some kind of space how long, been, how long have you been doing this we've been doing it for about two and a half years and it's the in the highlight of the podcast for me was when the green guide did an article on the podcast which is so good. That's amazing. Oh, that's great. But it gets better. Mm-hmm. Someone reads the article, listens to the podcast, doesn't like it, and then complains about it in a letter to the Green Guy. Oh, wow. that's the best thing that ever could have happened to you. <laughs> that is, in podcasting terms, crossing the streams. That is, <laughs> that is <laughs> just, that's perfect. Yeah, that was the the Inception episode. It was, it was intense. I couldn't believe just to read my name in the letters, and it's like, uh, and I read out all the letters in a high pitched voice because they're whiny, right? And. The guy, very canning, very he was very canning. He um or cunning. He said, "Steel, if you read this out on your podcast, I do not have a high pitched voice." So he was playing to the crowd. It was great. Nice. <laughs> this, this is tremendous. Yeah, so it's very interesting. And I also do another podcast called "This Isn't the Podcast You're Looking For," and that's just we talk Star Wars, kind of like how you guys just talk movies. We just talk about Star Wars in a. A nerdy thing in hopefully the less nerdy way possible without the going into the minutiae of what model each ship was. It's more about the, the spirit of watching it and what we love. And Is this the one I'm recording with you tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I can't wait. So look for that, guys. And uh, we're actually interviewing uh, – we're doing one with you, Graham, which will be uh, awesome fun. And we're also doing one with the Phantom Editor. Do you guys know him? Yes. He's the one that um – Recut the entire film and actually made it watchable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard about that. Oh. And he and originally did it off the VHS tape, and then once DVD came out, he upgraded it. And it's like if you are uh, if you like voiding international copyright law, I would <laughs> I would search your for a good purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so he this is the guy who cut the Phantom Menace or the first pre three. No, it's a fan. It's a fan. Yeah, it's a fan, and he did he did the first two prequels. But he cut them right. I like. I like the films because like, I watch his version. He even made uh, Jar Jar like watchable. Like he he did like a new voiceover on him too, right? No, he didn't do a new voiceover. He made the Nemoidians speak a different language instead of their slightly Asian racist. Yeah. Uh, so oh, he, and then he subtitled. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so he got, he got more subtitles in there. Right. But one thing because he does a commentary track on it, which is fascinating to listen to, and. 
he states this very interesting thing that every scene in The Phantom Menace, the tension is popped at the end of every scene because at the end of every scene, it's like, like it would be like, oh, this is, you know, the, the planet's in a lot of trouble, blah, 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 Empire, all that good stuff. And at the end of the scene, it's Jar Jar going, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it pops <laughs> like it's not a tense scene anymore. Right. So Jar Jar's in the film, but he's just not talking as much. Oh, amen. Yeah. And he does just brilliant little things about just re-editing glances. And one of the most annoying things which he got rid of was that Anakin saved that blew up that ship at the end. I hope every, this is, I know this is not a spoiler episode, no. you guys, but <laughs> it's been out there. Come on. Um, he makes that less of a mistake, which I found very annoying that he, sh- it should have, he should have been driven to blow up the ship at the end of the Phantom Menace. Right. Not just go, oh, whoopsie, like I accidentally shot this gun and, and blew it all up. So he, just little things like that. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And he's got a very... You don't hate the character as much. That's what's uh, so fascinating. Yeah. And he's got it just a... Anakin's more tragic. Yeah, and he's a bit more calculated, uh-huh. which, is, which is good, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, slip off a banana peel and blow up the Death Star. You want right. to use the force and, and focus. Yeah. Yeah. And also that it's better when you get to the end of Jedi where he does find the shred of humanity that's still in him it would make sense that he's a little more tragic as opposed to just this bratty kid who didn't get his way and now starts being evil or whatever the fuck happened in those prequels that I barely remember because I'm so goddamn stupid. <laughs> you remember. You, yeah. you might Sounds like you remember too well. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Well, that's awesome. So the name. So, so name those two shows again. The, I, I love the... I love Green Guide Letters, uh-huh. and this isn't the podcast you're looking for. Sweet. So, uh, and that's a, the the easier web address to remember is StarWarsPodcast.net. Nice. Which is a very succinct podcast address. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's um let's, let's talk about uh, some of these movies. Um, Kill the Messenger. All right, Steel. You saw this. I wanted to see this. What did you think? Well, should we just explain what the film's about? Yeah, Please. yeah. Do that first. Uh, yeah, Michael uh, Kusta. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. I'm, I'm, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Is the director? It stars Jeremy Renner and Robert Patrick. So it's based on a true story. Yes. Right. Very true story. I think. I, I'm. I'm very naive. So if someone says based on a true story, I like I'm crushed if any, any little things different. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But this is it's a pretty amazing story. It's um it's a story about Gary Webb, who was a journalist who uncovered that the CIA were aware of uh cocaine getting smuggled into America and they let it go because the money from that cocaine was going to fund the Contras mm-hmm. and Congress had said that the US government cannot fund them anymore. So by using this drug money, they were still unable to fund the Contras. And then... This is during Reagan. Of course. Yeah, this Mm. is a good old run. And I'm, you know, I'm from Australia, so I'm, you know, not as tapped into American history, but it was, it was fascinating. And it was a very... Like the way the media, he he works for a little newspaper or a relatively small newspaper, I think in San Jose. And when he cracked this giant story, that the bit like the uh, the New York 
I think the New York Post, the LA Times, and the Washington Post were so jealous that they got scooped that they set out to just tear this guy apart. And wow. they did the CIA's job for them because the CIA wanted to get this story, you know, like, you know, tear it down. And they were not doing a very good job of it. But the other papers, they did a great job of just not, but not so much tearing the story down, but him. And, and it's crazy. Like, this is why I think it's a great film. It's based on Gary Webb's book. Yeah. It's a, and it's based on another book as well about Gary Webb. Right. But I got home at about 12 o'clock and I was up till almost four just Googling, trying to read as much as possible about what really happened. And it's just, it's such a tragic story. And it's, it's, it's like Jeremy Renner is just awesome in it. If, he's, if, the per- he's perfect casting for this. When I saw the trailer, I was like, because I'm familiar with this story. Okay, yeah. I'm familiar with Gary Webb. And I remember when it all happened. And, and when I saw Jeremy Renner, I'm like, oh, this, the, he's the perfect actor to bring this sort of tenacity to this to, of who Gary Webb was and the sort of, um, I mean, he's a, Jeremy Renner plays a good loner. Mm-hmm. And I would, is that kind of how he was depicted in the film? Is yeah. That, yeah. I also, there was bits where I was just like, he could pull off a Bill Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. There was just certain angles and stuff where I was like, if he, uh, you know, chubbed up a little bit for a, yeah. a few scenes. And got way more sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it's an amazing story about he actually travels to uh, Nicaragua to to interview people and just he it's very I love do you know Freeway Ricky Ross? Mm-mm. So Freeway Ricky Ross was in I think the late eighties LA's greatest cocaine dealer. And he was doing I think maybe three million dollars a day. Wow. In in crack rocks. And he was I think from memory, him and another guy were the guys that sort of developed the crack rock to put the other, you know, to sort of lower the cost of it, mm-hmm. to make it affordable for- and, uh, and many, many times more addictive. Yeah. And so he, and and then he got his, have you seen that movie CB4 yes. with Chris Rock? Mm-hmm. So that's, he got, he got gustoed. So he got thrown in prison for life for being a crack cocaine dealer. And then Rick Ross, the rapper, whose previous employment was a prison guard, took his story and changed his name to Rick Ross and rapped about being a cocaine dealer in LA. Like, wow. It's insane. He goes on Joe Rogan's podcast now and again, the real one, Freeway Ricky Ross. And I think they tried to set because he's suing Rick Rick Ross the rapper and the record company. And I think they offered him maybe a couple of million. And this guy's gone, oh nah, we're playing for we're playing for keeps, buddy. Mm. Nice. <laughs> and um and he's uh, the guy's a genius. Freeway Ricky Ross is a genius because not only did he work out this whole cocaine uh distribution network of all these safe houses and it was very hard to track back to him and he was smart enough to drive like a beat up car and and really isolate himself but when he was in prison he was illiterate 
And before he went into prison, he was also illiterate. And he taught himself how to read in prison and then read all these law books, found a loophole, and now he's out. (laughs) Wow, really? Yeah. So he's at the start of the film, which is really cool because for me to know this character, it's like watching a Marvel film. Right. And (laughs) and there's like a cameo from a different character from a different book. (laughs) It was like, oh, Rick Ross. Like, I hope this means it's going to be a Freeway Ricky Ross spinoff. Like, (laughs) I need an origin story. Franchise. (laughs) Only it's not a comic book. It's our fucked up country and the CIA getting drug money to fund a weird war. Kill the Messenger, the way it was shot, was it, do you think like... uh, after the success of American Hustle, it was kind of shot in that kind of quirky, self-aware kind of style, or was it like a straight drama? How do you mean by that? Like when you watch American Hustle, you kind of it's there's kind of like a wink to the camera, mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, these are crazy, goofy characters, but it's, we're also going to kind of make it a bit of a comedy. No, this is straight drama then. Yeah, okay, and a tragic drama, mm-hmm. like it's everything. I'm not sure how much you'd say, but it's yeah. Don't spoil it. It's it's a devastating story, and it also proves that conspiracy theories are real. Oh yeah, or at least some of them are. Like there is conspiracy theories, but with the distance of time and the way the media blurs what's important, that it just it's part like uh, watching it. I was so angry. I'm like, yeah, because it's one of the things where you're like, oh, shouldn't like high officials be on trial for treason? Mm. Isn't that what this is? Like, nope. <laughs> and also, there's a two pronged thing of sadness. There's the government, and then there's the way the media can just spin a story however they want, destroy anybody they want. Yeah. And what they do when they're analyzing his story, which happened in real life, is they put words in his mouth and put strong arm sort of arguments in it and then cut that down. But it's like, that's not what he said. Right. Like they sort of put into his mouth that the CIA was dealing cocaine. And it's like, if you read the article, it's not, right. that is not what he says. He says they were aware mm-hmm. and could have stopped the planes. And it just, it really just makes you think like you can't, believe that's why you know like we're doing podcast and podcast seems to be the last salvation of honesty at all levels whether it's it's comedy or reviewing films or news it's it's unaltered by what corporate owner yeah Mm -hmm. and and he got like heat from the owner of that newspaper and the way the other newspapers just went at him, the LA Times put like 17 reporters just on like dissecting him and his wow. story. I don't even think the LA Times has 17 reporters. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this about the director. Um, Cause he, uh, as I said, Michael Kuista or whatever, he, he directed LIE, um, he did 12 and holding, and then he's done a lot of episodes of like Homeland and, um, you know, he did Dexter and, and how, was, was the direction of it? Cause sometimes with these, at least I know myself, I'll see a story like this and I'm so intrigued by the story that I'll sort of let the directing lapse. And not that I think this guy's a bad director because all these TV shows that he's directed six feet under and Homeland, these are great shows. These are cinematic TV shows. So how did you feel 
in terms of you the story and how it's playing it out and how it's affecting you emotionally how did you feel like the director in terms of his shot selection and how he directed the actors did you feel like that enhanced it do you think like he did a good job with that i think i was i was in the film right like so I, to me that means that something yeah. good was going on sure. like and i felt like there's only a few films where i've ever had at the end of the departed is one of them where you're so tense, your spine hurts. Yeah, you do that through the whole thing. You feel, you feel physically exhausted at the end of it. Yeah, it's it was just like I, I went with my fiance Jackie, and then halfway through it, she's like, "I'm so tense," and I'm like, "Yeah, me too." But yeah, just the bottom of your spine is sort of just seizing up with just and those arc light seats—they're pretty comfortable. That yeah, should yeah, not yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. It's like watching when I watch the Rover. Mm-hmm. Watch that! Um, like, oh, you're spent at the end of that movie. Well, that's cool. I'm glad because I'm. I, I I definitely want to see this film. There's other things that I was like. There's like a a thing with his motorbike. Like he's, he rides his motorbike around a lot, and for a minute I was sort of like, well, that's a little bit superheroing or him or making him into a bit more of an action star. He didn't throw his shield. <laughs> but when I was reading about it on the on the web afterwards, like. The, the storyline with the motorbike was real. Oh, so it wasn't some like Hollywoody, let's Hollywood him up and make him seem like a cowboy. It's like, no, that's who he was. Yeah. And there was other things where I was like at the start that was sort of maybe set up that would have been very cliche if it happened that they avoided later on. Uh, but um, it's, I think it's a film that like everyone should see. It's a real eye-opener for both the government and the way the media, uh, the power the media has in Australia. Like Rupert Murdoch is doing amazingly evil things. Right. Like like turning Australians on other Australians because their grandparents came from the wrong country and stuff. Like it's, and it's, we just saw a play about that when we were in Australia. That was CJ's play. Yeah. Yeah, C.J. Johnson did this play that was really... It was a comedy making fun of the Murdoch and the other big power family. Yeah, there. about the um, the media conglomerates and their families. And it was it was such a great play. And we're not... Like, you're not familiar with American history. We're not familiar with um, the history of media in Australia. But we are familiar but, with Rupert Murdoch we are familiar with evil. Yeah, yeah. That we're familiar with, but... He's an evil cocksucker. At, at the same yeah. time... Can we say fuck him and his family? Sure. <laughs> well, maybe not his family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But we, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. But uh, when we were watching the play, um, uh, The Young Turks was the name of it. And uh, it didn't even matter. We were so engaged in it and it was so relatable. It didn't even matter the history that we didn't know. I'm like, oh, yeah, we get it. We, we understand how, Cause that's you know, the media families, they control everything and what you see and what you hear. And, it's interesting yeah. that you say that because I, when I was in, I did this tour through Asia and was watching... Uh, local news there and was also watching like BBC and like I think it was Asian News Now a lot of like English speaking um, news programs but originated from Hong Kong and Shanghai and stuff like that and man you know they're talking about ISIS or whatever and there's just a small little graphic saying you know ISIS battle or whatever 
and they're reporting the news and okay. And then you watch that in America and it's like ISIS and this big graphic comes in. They're coming to get you back mm-hmm. then. Over oh, and we're all going to get Ebola too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's just with everything. And it's just so amazing to me to see it's so glaring how they handle it. Yeah. Well, in Australia, we're having these terror raids at the moment where they all break into someone's house at, at dawn. And the media, like. Who's doing it? Like, so the federal police. So they're like a training exercise? No, no, no. They're trying to, you know, find terrorists in Australia. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. And the media that's there, it's it's like whoever's planning this terror raid is like the Kim Kardashian of crime fighting. <laughs> it's just, there's like helicopters and like 40 cameramen. It's because it's all just to put out that like, you're in danger. You're in, da- you know, yes, and, and our prime minister, you're he's the hero protecting us. It's- Oh, it's it's so it's so frustrating, and it's also the the message of of conspiracy theories. It's it's so it's got a bad PR image. Conspiracy theories, right? <laughs> like you know, you got your foil hat, yeah, yeah, and you know, and, and <laughs> but how are you going to get your information? Unless yeah, you get your foil. <laughs> and then there's the double conspiracy theory: is that the government pays people to put out conspiracy theories that are nutty? that takes bits of the truth and then says, you know, like that the the uh, the Contras were getting cocaine into America and the aliens were involved, you know, adding that extra spin to blur the line. And to make it seem ridiculous. Yeah. And because it just then everyone's a kook. Right. But, yeah, this movie I, I can't recommend enough. Like um, I think a great movie is a movie that makes someone stay up to almost four o'clock you know, seeking more information, researching, researching right, what's you going just on. Leave and go. That was fun, and then forget about it. Yeah, like you know, I love Star Wars, but I don't think when I got home from the Phantom Menace, I'm like, I have to find out the history of this trade federation. <laughs> 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 what are their well, you, ties to the you separatists? Went, you went directly to sleep after the <laughs> during, trade during the movie. <laughs> during the movie. All right, well, cool, man. Kill the Messenger. I look forward to seeing that. Let's um, go into uh, Whiplash now. Okay, um, Whiplash is an is. Um, a film that stars uh, Miles Teller and J.K. JK Simons. And, oh, it's uh, the drumming movie, it's right? It's the drumming movie. And it is, you know, the guy who directed it, you know, he did Last Exorcism Part Two and Grand Piano. Um, the, the trailer's really awesome. Overall, this is a, this is a really... This is a really solid film. Now, it's a, if I remember correctly, it's Miles Teller, and then he's got a mentor, but the mentor is really hard He's an on. asshole. Yeah. He's J.K. Simmons, who is perfectly cast. He As J. Jonah Jameson. As he, I mean, honestly, when he that guy is such a solid actor. Because I was yeah, thinking about yeah. when he first came onto the scene, it was in Oz, Oz as this evil neo-Nazi. Right. And then he, you know, then he gives- You could have just said neo-Nazi. Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, right the, the fun ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hate races, but, you know, just have fun with it. He's a fun-loving neo-Nazi, <laughs> yeah. the silly kind. The one you hire for a birthday. Yeah. Um, and so, and but then he's done J. Jonah Jameson, who's yeah, great, yeah. and he's played all different kinds of characters. He's just a rock-solid actor. And Miles Teller, man, every movie this kid does is just more impressive than the last, you know, because 
he came on the scene in some, you know, teenage party movie and he's done a couple of those. Um, and even spectacular. Now we started to see his depth, but in this film, he plays the sort of obsessive genius kid who has no friends who, um, you know, tries to have a girlfriend, but can't getting the approval of this insane asshole music teacher is so important to him. Um, he's obsessive and he's so he's he's so good as the young impressionable kid who ultimately is like i'm going to i'm going to push myself and i'm going to take this abuse from this teacher cuz i think it'll make me better and so he takes it with the end goal being like no matter how much of this i take it's still going to make me a better drummer well there's the a end. story that's told by jk simmons early on about Charlie Parker, I forget the guy's name, was when he was a young guy, was in a band, and the band leader threw a cymbal at his head on stage and almost decapitated him. And he's and this teacher's contention is, and this is sort of the theme of the whole movie, is is this right or not? But the, the, the teacher's con- contention is, had that not happened, we never would have had Bird. We never would have had Charlie Parker. So that's, you have to create these people. And so... So I'm justified in almost like a, you know, um, Arlie Emery in full metal jacket, like drill instructor. Like I have to choke you to death because you ate a donut because you're going into war. (laughs) You know, like that's his approach. And, and, and how, how JK Simmons, the actor does this and interprets this is just, is just amazing. There's a couple scenes in there. And again, this is me probably being nitpicky that I found maybe a little little hokey or a little too over the top or a little melodramatic. But again, it's a solid film and there's really good filmmaking in here. There's amazing shots. How this filmmaker captures, he's like a first year student and he gets called into J.K. Simmons' class. Like, and it's called the student and it's like, the oh, you're so you're, he's in this prestigious music school in New York and then he's in like called into the top class and and how they shoot that cinematically and what they do with the sound and how, like his first class, how intense it is. And uh, J.K. Simmons, this is in the trailer, does this stuff with the trailer. He's like, okay, three, four, and everyone starts playing. And he'll just put his fist in the air and grab, make a fist like he's grabbing the air. And everyone in the room immediately stops. Like he's got these these kids' terrain and he puts it in his air and he's all mad and he's making a fist. He's like, are you rushing or are you dragging? Like he's just methodical. Is that the grabbing the air? Is that his version of Miyagi and the chopsticks? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, like that's how he tells them to stop. Yeah. He doesn't go stop. Hold, he just makes this move with his fist and they all... Now, did he seek out this teacher? Is that... Kind of. Okay. And the teacher is, is, is looking for amazing talent. So if he sees talent, then he like pushes you even harder. And, and, the, and the dilemma that the kid, you know, is this worth it? Is it not? Paul Reiser's got a very small cameo as his dad, the sort of loving, I love you no matter what, you know, kind of a pushover dad mm-hmm. who's, he's great in it. But it's really, it's, it's Miles Teller and J.K. Simons. It's, it's their, it's the two of them, like head to head, toe to toe. And it's great. Let me ask you this. If I wanted to become a drummer, would I pick up any tips? <laughs> yeah, that you need to be an insane lunatic. Like, like that's the other thing too. 
he's always listening to Buddy Rich. And if you know anything about Buddy Rich, he was a maniac. Like there's that classic um, recording. There was that CD that came out in the 90s called Golden Throats. Now it's probably all online. But it was recordings of famous people losing their shit. And there's a Buddy Rich <laughs> one that he's on his his um, tour bus screaming at his band because they fucked up that night and the guy started recording it to report him to the union. And there's a line in a, in a, um, in a Beastie Boys song, um, Sabotage, I believe. He goes, I'm Buddy Rich when I fly off the handle. Like, ah. <laughs> Buddy Rich was notorious for screaming at his guys. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, there's, and he, he, there's quotes from Buddy Rich like, um, a let... Um, if you don't have the talent to be a drummer, then you are a drummer in a rock band. Like, he's just like, I'm a jazz drummer. I'm better than you. And here's why, you know? And so, <laughs> so there's that, that's the sort of cauldron that this kid is, is being formed in. That's a sweet music burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're a drummer in a rock band. <laughs> Thanks, man. Awesome. Sweet. I get to play arenas. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, not the bass player. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's really it is an intense film too. You were talking about that sort of intensity with Kill the Messenger. Um, there are scenes in there that are just like really awesome. And again, the, the the director picks some nice camera use to put you into this obsessive, um, methodical, meticulous world. So I, mm. I dig it. It's 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 an it's going to be an Oscar contender for sure. Oh, cool! For be- some best performances in there for sure. I think early early pick. All right. Early pick. Well, uh, I got a chance to see Gone Girl over the weekend, right. and uh, everyone's going nuts about this movie. And I'm watching it. I had um, I went and I tried to keep my expectations low, and I'm watching this movie, and I did not like it. I did not like this movie. And but I want to make this very important point. There's a big difference between a movie that's just bad, that um, is poorly put together and uh, doesn't make any sense and also is kind of slapped together. Like a, There's a difference between a Transformers right, and a sure. Gone Girl. Uh, Gone Girl didn't do anything wrong. It was uh, well put together. It was well acted. It was well directed. It was one of those movies that just did not resonate with me. It didn't, it, it didn't hold my attention. I didn't buy it. And also... And I got all of the metaphors that it was trying to say about relationships and marriage. And the, the biggest complaint I had about this film, and without giving any details away, we'll go into it much more in depth in the spoiler episode, is when you're a writer and you're writing about characters with, let's say, mental illness, somebody has a mentally ill problem in your film, what happens is it's a very easy and easy, convenient writing technique to then have that mental illness justify any type of behavior at all. Like, there's no pathology about any type of mental illness. It's like, well, this character is crazy, so that means I can let them do whatever they want at any time and have it make complete sense. And that was the main problem I had with this um, film. I, so, Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to discuss this in detail. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll get into it more. But I, I do, I think it's an important point to make is that some movies, while they may be well crafted, and um, I just couldn't suspend disbelief enough and it didn't resonate with me, but I'm not saying it's a bad movie at all. It was, it's worth, it was a, it was I think a it's well worth seeing film. to see where you land on it because I've been right. hearing people I've spoken with who've seen it, everyone's sort of landing on either side of it, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like Inception. Like, I can appreciate it. I just didn't 
it didn't resonate with me. Why with the film does everyone have to have an opinion? Like why this film just seems like something I have no idea. It's based on a book. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know Batman's in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And he's he's at Lego. Yeah. <laughs> but why is this such a a talking point? This is the book. Well, I haven't read the book. My understanding is that there was uh, some slight changes made to the from the ending of the And movie. it was such a quote beloved novel mm-hmm. that uh, no one wanted it fucked with. Yeah. So that kind of thing. It's like, "Uh-oh, somebody bought the rights of this book. They're going to ruin it." That's always the reaction if people love a book so much. Um, yeah, because when they make the the film of the book, they then change the book on your bookshelf. Yeah. Exactly. Someone yeah, comes yeah. in. Yeah, Spielberg comes in and changes the end. <laughs> yeah, and you're stuck with that new ending now. Yep. It's, I, I understand why people get so. Observable car makes a visit. Yeah. <laughs> people have a hard time. <laughs> it um, maps your house and changes your books, knowing that there's things called different mediums. Yeah, books and uh, remember Ray uh, Ray Bad Ray Bradbury had a great line, and uh, he said uh, somebody came up to him and said. I can't believe they made a movie of one of his stories. And it's like, I can't believe what they did to your book. And he goes, what are you talking about? Nobody did anything to my book. They're right over there. Yeah. My books are they're right over there on the shelf. My books are just, they're fine. Nothing, they're, nothing yeah, happened. Nothing changed. Um, all right. Well, let's, you know, guys, uh, we'll release the, um, we're going to record and release the um, Gone Girl spoiler episode. Should we tell our special guests who are going to be on the, yeah, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have uh, Super Ego. Super Ego is going to come in and we're going to do the Gone Girl spoiler app. And we'll release it later this week. And then you guys can all weigh in on the message boards or Facebook yes. or wherever on what you think about this. Because here's the, the, the yeah, you can't, you can't go into any details at all about this movie without revealing stuff. So you right. have to just, you have to just speak in these. Oh, sorry. Batman's not in it, everyone. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> There's, he may or may not be in it. I, that's all I can say. Is, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> the Dark Knight's appearance. Um, but um, the but Bruce Wayne is definitely in it. <laughs> the Jackie Cation Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler episode, that was awesome. Yeah. If, if you are listening to this and you haven't gone back and listened to that, like, as I said, you know, the, the, the film... Um, Kill the Messenger was great because I did, you know, three, four hours of research. After listening to Jackie gush for an hour about that film, I'm like, I gotta see that film again. That is, yeah, I was so amped to see it again. It was a great one. Just hearing Jackie Cation's name makes me want to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I know, it's true. Yeah. How much she loved it and how how knowledgeable she is about that universe. I wonder how many copies of the Blu ray she's going to buy. She's can't just built a house out of them. You can't just buy one. She um, mm-hmm. can build one of those shields like that the uh, the guard does <laughs> out of Blu-rays. <laughs> She's building a spaceship that flies around. No question. Out of, uh, Guardians Blu-rays. <laughs> so, um, well, let's. Uh, we have a sponsor this uh, this episode. Uh, Harry's Razors. Oh, I love this sponsor. Yeah. That's why I love this sponsor. I want to hear it. These are the best razors I've ever had, and mm-hmm. I am. I've used them. This isn't a. I'm just saying this. Uh, my face gets. Hack, my neck gets hacked up. It always has. I got weird whiskers or whatever. <laughs> we have weird whiskers. I get weird whiskers. All right, I got weird whiskers. And you shave. You used to shave with a samurai sword. Yeah, I used to shave with my katana. <laughs> One slip up and you're dead. Yeah. I used to fall asleep on Elm Street. Yeah. And hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I've always spent money on the the Mach three or four or fives or whatever right. they are. 
They're good blades. They're mm-hmm. expensive as shit, man. Mm-hmm. I even buy them at Costco. They're very expensive, and the price on those keeps going up. Harry's razors are better, and they're less expensive. And um, so much so that I have... Rep- they gave us free ones, obviously, but sure. then I've, I've gone through those, and I've bought more. Mm-hmm. And then they gave us the new uh, the foaming shave gel, and I used that this weekend, and it was great. <laughs> it was great. And I'm I'm... I'm pretty particular about my shaving cream. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, though, I have to use whatever. I'll forget it or run out on the road, and they'll give you that shitty bottle at the, the you know, the, ho- oh, the hotel. The hotel. Yeah, yeah. Like, here you go. And this. It's really whipped cream. It's really. It's, <laughs> it was left over from the breakfast buffet. So, <laughs> yogurt based. Yeah. It's really. But you have to ask yourself do you want hotels to hand out shaving cream more than whipped cream? Right. Like. <laughs> If I had a choice of what they had extra supply of, I'd go the whipped cream. Yeah, it's a good call. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going to the wrong place. Um, but so I, I tried this new this new foaming shave gel. I liked it. It has aloe and chamomile in it, so it makes made my face feel all like. Did it also calm you down? It did. It did calm me down. It put me to sleep. I had a nice nap. <laughs> I made it into a tea. It Woke was, up with half a beard. Yeah. <laughs> But I was well rested. Yeah. I just felt perfect. Dreamy. I had eight hours of perfect half bearded sleep. It was just a delight. So, yeah, it was. Your five o'clock shadows on dual time. Yeah. Zones. yeah. <laughs> well, I travel a lot. So one of them always yeah. has to be on LA time. And yeah. then I just, the other one yep. is on Asia time because I'm still, I was going to go to. A shave broken time. shave is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's my point here. I have to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so that's what I want to be right twice a day, and I use Harry's shaving gel. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I I tried this stuff because that's what we're like. I want to try it first before we use it. I don't want to use it if I don't like it. Um, and so it was great. And then they gave me the aftershave lotion. Again, very sort of cool. And it's been very hot uh, oh, yeah. here lately, especially even at the beach. Um, so I, I love it. It felt great. And guys, you can go there and get uh, go to harrys.com and you get $5 off if you use coupon code COMEDYFILMNERDS. And... Uh, this company is one of these companies that that we like. It's perfect for us, obviously, because and you get a whole set for like fifteen bucks. You get a whole set before for, the coupon. Before the coupon, you get a whole set for fifteen bucks. You get the shave cream, you get the handle, the razor, and all that stuff. And then you can just keep ordering razors and gel or whatever else. Yeah, yeah, replacement stuff, which I've done. Um, you know, they give one uh, percent of their stuff to you know charity and organizations and stuff like that. It's a cool little company, and it's perfect. They send right to your house. You don't have to deal with any crazy lines like yep. when I go to Costco. H a r r y s dot com and use the uh, coupon code Comedy Film Nerds for five yep. bucks off. Yeah, and a, a broken shave is right twice a day. <laughs> it's, it sounds so wise; it has to be true. <laughs> it has to be true. Somebody's grandfather said that. I just hope the person that bought the uh, the live stream for the uh, the the podcast festival at the start of the podcast 
also just bought the Harry's razors before you gave the coupon code. Yeah. Like, oh, they got me twice in one episode. What when I will I learn? So dumb. Just be patient, guys. Wait for the coupon code. It's coming. I used it when I reordered. I used the coupon code and I say five bucks. Shazam. That's the other way these sponsors, we find out, they make money uh, on us, the hosts. You made money at, uh, Harry's has made money from you. Trunk Club's made money from me. I'm like, oh, these clothes are nice. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I bought Trunk Club's. Yeah, I bought, I bought their clothes. Yeah. So really, they, they get their money back in their ad revenue just from uh, what we it's buy. It's like in the old days when you'd work at a casino and they'd pay you in chips. Right, exactly. And they'd go, okay. <laughs> that was the old, like Sammy Davis Jr., they'd, yeah. he was like, I was, I was making $20,000 a night doing shows and I'd gamble 30 at the at the table. Right, right. And they're always like, well, here's another extra 100 to gamble. Yeah. Oh, look how much money I'm making. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. I have fun at the table. Yeah. <laughs> I just brought $20,000 worth of razors. Yeah. <laughs> Using coupon code comedy filmers. <laughs> um, oh, so, well, we've uh, we've been talking a lot about um, uh, different conspiracy theories and American and Australian history. Why don't we uh, just go right into uh, DVDs and Blu-rays? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can do that. Um, X Men: Days of Future Past. Uh, I was actually really impressed with this movie. I liked it a lot. I don't. Uh, First Class is still my favorite. But I thought this one was really uh, was good as well, and I honestly think it's because of the um, uh, the direction that kind of Matthew Vaughn took the franchise in, but also because of the casting. I mean, the actors, uh, James McAvoy, um, these guys are doing a really good job. The younger versions of like Professor X and Magneto. Um, I think one of the things too is that when you get these younger actors that um, are really really excited to play these roles, they bring. Um, an energy to it that the older actors um, don't have because they've been playing the roles for for many years already. So it was really refreshing to see, and I, I really enjoyed this film. I liked it too, and this is a this is a Blu-ray I would want to own. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's uh, James uh, and, and Magneto is uh, Magneto um, is. Uh, I'm sorry, the other very famous actor whose name we can't. <laughs> All uh, these giant famous. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Ian McKellen, um, uh, Hugh Jackman, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. Fast, Ma- yeah, Michael Jennifer Fassbender. Lawrence, it's fantastic. Harry Barry, mm-hmm. the gang's all there. Um, so it, that was did really you like good. this. I loved it. Really? Yeah, and I've got the. Uh, you know, I grew up on Star Wars. That was my thing. So I never read. I never got into comics. So I go into these superhero films as like the target market that goes in with no baggage. So, you know, people go, oh, Quicksilver did this and all this. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It was awesome. Did you like, um, uh, what was the other one first? The first, what was the, you just- First Class. First Class, yeah, yeah. First Class was great. Yeah. That's a great film. The the only one I didn't like was the third X-Men one. Oh, the Brett Radner directed one? Yeah, That's The Last weird. Stand. Yeah. That one isn't as good. It's well, it's so hard. I, I think maybe just- Even without reading the comic books, you knew, well, these characters never did that in the comic books. Even without reading a single one of them. Well, why don't you, you start, why you start, why you start lifting bridges? Yeah. It's just like, well, why'd you bother? Why didn't you just lift bridges on the first day? Why didn't, why, when you're in the Nazi camp, just lift a bridge. And now <laughs> you own the planet. Like, he who lifts the biggest bridge. Yeah, you got it. You win. Yeah. They get the extra good discount code for Harry Shavers. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's are sending them $5 to take the razor. But... um. 
Actually, you could just he could just lift him up and get the shavers to travel to him if that's real metal. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> Harry, keep those shavers locked down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there are mutants out of there. They are threatening your business. Then they're looking for a deal. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's so hard to do a great third superhero film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe Batman's the only one that's yeah. done. Spider Man didn't. No. Um, original Superman. No way. Oh, God. The third one, we were... Iron Man. No. 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 Gwyneth Paltrow in the suit? Come on. (laughs) I'm just a mother who's uh, also a superhero, and here's my cooking recipes. No. Gwyneth. (laughs) That That was brutal. She was like... She was... She didn't like the third one. No, I... just not Gwyneth Paltrow. I didn't like the third one. I didn't... I, I like it was okay, okay, but it wasn't. It's not a DVD buy, mm. you know. It's it's yeah. I saw it. I can't unsee it, sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, just when she, I just found I the suits got too many liberties with the suits. Why didn't you just get all those robots to come out on day one? Like there has to be a reason why you don't use like you know. It's like Voltron. It's just like. Form Voltron straight away. Yeah, why fight as lions? Yeah, don't don't wait twenty three <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Just form the Voltron. Every other mission, it's how it's ended. So right. just do it straight away. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like, it's like driving towards a stoplight, and it's like you hit brake mm-hmm. because that's what solves the problem every time. Like you don't swerve, you don't. Right. Oh, I'm going to swerve. No, just hit brake. But I just, yeah, the third one just got with Gwyneth getting in the suit, and the suits just could do too many on their own. Yeah, yeah. like suits zipping right, over point. thing. But I love those. Um, the X Men films are great, right. and and I thought that one was really good. I love First Class. I love, yeah, and, that's and my favorite too. Yeah, if you bought, I, I feel like if you bought, if you have the First Class DVD, you should probably get this one. Right. Just First Class. Just when you're redecorating your house, it's a good film to watch. Yeah, yeah. Just to have... Just that, that 60s back. decor. Yeah. It's like, that's a nice clock. I, I wouldn't mind a coffee table like that. That would really <laughs> set the room. All right. Uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, I have not seen this one yet. Uh, I'll be renting it for my kids soon enough. Oh, all right. Um, now, I did want to do two quick DVD picks that okay. we haven't um, talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Are we on time? We're, We're good. Do? We're all right. Good. I want to talk about a movie, Fed Up. This is a documentary that uh, terrified me. And uh, it's one of the reasons is because it's all about uh, our sugar intake in this country and the way the food companies are manipulating our food. Um, what I had already seen movies like um, Fast Food Nation, so I kind of knew a lot of the stuff already. But this movie um, concentrates specifically on sugar. And why, with all the health crazes and reduced fat and all this stuff, um, why Americans are still getting more and more obese? And it's because there's literally sugar in everything. Everything. And uh, anything that you don't think has sugar in it has sugar in it. And what it is is uh, the refined sugar are making us larger and larger and larger. But what's most unsettling is how we're like um, indoctrinating and addicting our kids to sugar in schools, with school lunches and the way that the fast food companies are coming in because the schools don't have any money. The fast food company comes in and is like, oh, no, we'll uh, 
you know, Carl's Jr. or whatever, we'll bring food into the school. And then all of a sudden it's free advertising. We'll have Coke and machines. Kids, yeah, Coke mm-hmm. machines in the schools. And now in California, we don't have this problem as much because it's strictly regulated. Um, in fact, even at our school, we had, uh, at some point we had milk, but there was also chocolate milk and vanilla and strawberry flavored milk. And there was a crusade to get all that out and it's gone now. You can only buy regular milk for the kids. And one of the things I will say- We had the same thing- in Australia, but it was not with milk, it was skin color. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you did a purge. Yeah. And uh, yeah. For you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one of the things I want to say is about um, there are people fighting for kids' rights and dietary rights and to make kids healthier. And one of them is that chef, Jamie Oliver. Mm-hmm. And I saw him actually, he was very influential in California to get all the junk food out of the schools. Mm-hmm. Because also, it's like, oh, well, it's a choice. You can't take the kid's choice away. Well, no, if that's all they have to eat, and if uh, poor kids are on school lunch programs, they have no choice, and it's ridiculous. I mean, there's no healthy choices. It's more difficult to eat healthy. It's more It's more expensive. It's more expensive. How is organic food more expensive? Yeah, by not having anything put on it. And it's all, and then it goes into two. The reason is because of all these government food subsidies through corn. And now it's cheaper to make high fructose corn syrup and put all Which that Which is illegal in, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that uh, we don't, you know, we still use that shouldn't even be consumed by humans. I tell you what, man, when I, again, doing, you know, when we went to Japan in, in June and then when I went. I back, lost weight during that trip. Right, because you were eating. And I noticed this again, being in Asia, the Japanese diet specifically is so healthy. Chinese, not as much. The Japanese portion size is smaller and they don't put sugar in everything. I mean- Also, there's no dairy. There's no dairy. There's Mm. not, there's very little wheat. Like everything in America is sugar, dairy, (laughs) and and wheat and everything. Carbs. And and everything. (laughs) Carbs. And and over there you're eating, okay, there's, yeah, there's a lot of carbs in, in, um, in rice, but it's, it's me personally, my body digests it better. It's, it's all, it's all rice. It's all vegetables. Even our quote unquote healthy breakfast is orange juice, which is just the sugar. Right. There's no fiber in that. There's jam on your toast. You know what I mean? Like, and cereal that has 16 to 20 grams of of sugar sugar in it. Even, even like I, I've, I bought vegan cream cheese Mm -hmm. at Whole Foods and it has organic cane sugar in it. Right. Why the fuck is there sugar in goddamn cream cheese? Like hippie or vegan? It's like, what the, there's no reason for it. Right. Yet it has to be Mm -hmm. in everything. And it's it's so maddening. And I know, again, when And that's the why we keep getting heavier and heavier as a a nation. And it also, as a parent, it was like, because, you know, the kids gravitate towards candy and sugar and it's to try to give them a little bit healthier. And what I found fascinating about the experts that were talking in this documentary, Fed Up, too, is it's like, you got to stop counting calories. It has nothing to do with calories. calories. It's like the, the calories in almonds. Now, if you take that, the same kind of calories in like a candy bar or whatever, oh, they're both like 140 calories, but they get digested differently. There's no fiber. So all of a sudden, it's like this huge increase of sugar that your body's getting from one thing to another. It doesn't matter the calorie count. Like you brought up a great example, fruit juice. They go through, well, if you drink fruit juice, you're getting the sugar, but not the fiber. So now it turns to fat. But the expert's like, but what, what about just eating fruit? 
No, it has fiber in it, and it gets to this threshold where you can digest it properly because it's actually natural food. The whole point was that eat more natural food, less processed food, Mm -hmm. and uh, you will be much healthier. So we've actually started to adjust our diet in our house now after watching that movie. You have to because, I I mean, when I came back... Yogurt, 16 grams of sugar. I couldn't believe it. We were just eating yogurt. Oh, it's just yogurt. It's got fruit in it. Yeah. Like what? You you got to read labels because everything has high fructose corn syrup in it. And he, oh. the craziest thing I saw, I didn't realize that this movie pointed out, was that if you look at a, a, uh, a nutrition label on any food in the United States, it has your fat count, your percentage, uh, your percentage of natural of daily allowance that you're supposed to get, fat, carbs, all that stuff. The one that's missing is sugar. There is no percentage next next to the sugar because no matter how much sugar is in it, it's going to be over your uh, percentage that you're supposed to have. But the fact that I'm like, wait, is that missing on everything? I went into my cabinet and looked at the labels. I'm like, son of a bitch, it's missing. It's no, not the sh- there. This documentary talks about how the sugar lobby is acting like the tobacco lobby did 25 years ago. Yes. Uh-huh. That's oh. exactly right. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, so, I, I mean, when I was, when, again, when I was in Asia, I saw no obese people except sumo wrestlers. N- sumo wrestlers. And a, and a guy in a Seattle Seahawks jersey who was. I swear, to, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. It was the only three. It was the only obese person I saw was an American. You know, Sanai was saying too that uh, um, now that more Western food is coming into Japan, Ugh. like the fast food and such, that the teenagers are getting heavier and taller. So you know, it's doing something to the hormones too. So. Um, be careful what you eat. Check it. Be a little more aware of what you're eating. And this, see this movie, Fed Up, and it will make you crazy, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the, um, out of and all those documentaries, what's the one that will, what's the one, if I don't want to change anything in my life, I should avoid? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm traveling along. I'm no things I'm putting in myself are maybe um, not the best. Which is, which food, is the one? Food Inc. is probably the one that really opened up eyes for for food and then this one fed up is probably the ones but even yeah those were because even like i remember when super size me came out Mm -hmm. i was like yeah i got it eat mcdonald's it's bad like that that movie i i like that i like morgan spurlock but i wasn't nothing in there made me go no way i went Uh, there was a few things in there for me i i think the addictive property of all the chemicals they've been adding since the 70s like he was, he was uh, exhibiting signs of addiction from eating that food, and that was like, oh my god! So that means it's probably been formulated that way. But I mean, <clears throat> conspiracy—not not that that's a conspiracy, but just your body, sugar and salt. It it you when it has it, it when it eats when you body consumes it, it craves more. It cra- absolutely it's, true. Yeah, absolutely true. Bar none. Mm-hmm. Pure organic sugar. Great table, so any of just that. So yeah. when they add sodium and all this other, st- I mean, th- that's mm-hmm. exactly what your body does. And you notice it when you stop, when you eat less of it, then you're like, oh, I feel better. I have better energy. It's 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 crazy, man. There's also a great documentary, Forks Over Knives. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Watch that. Okay. Watch that, and then travel abroad. <laughs> and uh, eat there. And eat there. And so, <laughs> oh, oh. Hmm. In fact, even the Australian diet we found was. Uh, was even easier to stay healthier. Yeah. Really? I actually leave America feeling healthier because I'm so paranoid about what I'm eating. I exercise a lot more, like I compensate. So I'm like running every day because it's like those wings, they're going to take a turn. You ate all this bad American food, you got to burn it off. Damn this country and its delicious sauces. Yeah. (laughs) 
everything's in yeah. cheese and wrapped yeah. in bacon <laughs> and covered with a sweet caramely sauce. Yeah. <laughs> See, now I'm getting hungry. Oh, God. I was just talking oh, about let's it. Let's go eat. We got to go to Taco Bell now. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> wait a minute. What happened? You just tricked me. Um, all right. So coming out this week, and we're starting to get into Oscar time. We are. Fury. You know, I, I'm i not looking forward to this movie. I was, and then I saw the trailer, and I kind of looked at it again. I'm like, love World War II movies, love Brad Pitt. Guy's in love with this tank. I'm not, I don't know, this doesn't really interest me. I'm, I'm on so board with I, that. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think this is going to be one of those movies that kind of sets itself up to be really good, and then it just falls apart. I've just seen the billboards it. around town. I've got no idea. Is it a? Is it a movie about Brad Pitt's new haircut? Is that yes? Yeah. <laughs> sexy new haircut. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the fury of his haircut. Yeah, so. he's gone and got himself a Will Anderson. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, a Fifth God, Element. Will had a and his haircut at the festival. Oh man, that was man. I, I, it was like oh they finally got Fifth Element in uh, was, Australia. It was gorgeous. <laughs> it was perfect. Like he went in and had somebody individually clip every hair to the perfect. It was perfect. It was jet black. I'm like, you look yeah. awesome. <laughs> great he's an australian superhero <laughs> <laughs> um not too late to see him on the live stream until sunday <laughs> we can watch him get fucking drunk yeah this is one of my favorite parts of the festival i was sitting next to you steel um and those guys are drunk and doing Will's show, and they're talking about if they could go back in time and have sex with their 15-year-old selves, and they're having this discussion about it. And Steele, you just turn to me and you go, you said, oh, great. Now I got to listen to, I got to, I've got, how'd you put it? Like, I got Matt Kirshen, the image of him having sex with his 15-year-old self. Yeah, great festival you put on here, mate. <laughs> Awesome. I flew all the way up Still, here for this shit. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Kirshen went back in time to be two years older yeah. and have sex with his 15-year-old self. <laughs> And it's still not the most disturbing thing at the festival. Oh, no, that, was, that was tame. That was tame. Um, so now the best of me. This is uh, for those of you that are going. When will there be another Nick Sparks novel turned oh, into a movie? Finally, uh, a pair of former high school sweethearts reunite after many years when they return to visit their small hometown. You know what these these Nick Sparks novels are? These are Harlequin Harlequin romance novels. Um, like brought to like the next level, if that makes any sense. It's like, no, we're going to mainstream these. There's no shame in uh, Nicholas Sparks' novels. James Marsden plays <laughs> Dawson, is his name? Of course it's Dawson. Movie. Has a Nick Sparks novel been an, in another film? Like, or is this the oh, first? there's been a ton of them. Give us a, so, just a gist. I'm unfamiliar with the, uh, uh, the Sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring up the uh, oh, Nick Sparks. Let's bring uh, up the Nick Sparks. It's, uh, isn't it The Notebook? Dear John, yes, The Notebook, John. The Last Song, A Walk to Remember. Oh. All their movie posters are basically the same. Yeah, pretty. Like, they look like romance novels. Eat a dick, Nate Sparks. That is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say this I liked, I liked The Notebook when it came out mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more of this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a little sugar or salt. You yeah, know what I mean? A little bit. Uh, granted, it makes me crave more. Yeah. You but it's not necessarily good for me. Sparks. Yeah. No, it's decidedly not good for you. <laughs> Your kidneys are going to shut down if you watch another one of these goddamn movies. That makes perfect sense to me. 
Um, the next movie is The Book of Life. This is a an animated film based on the um, the Day of the Dead, the Mexican celebration. Now, here's the thing. My kids can't wait to see this movie. Uh, the studio animators have figured out, no matter how mediocre a movie is, like Rio, Rio 2, if it's bright and colorful and has interesting things to look at, you don't have to worry about a story. So... Uh, Ooh, uh, acid the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping this one um, is okay because I'm going to have to be seeing it this weekend. But uh, I'm hoping uh, that it, it's pretty decent. But uh, I'm not sure. Can I ask a question? What film has your one of your children liked that has disappointed you the most? Probably the Shrek movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love them. And you're just like, yeah. Wow. I'm like, oh, thank God they haven't been watching them in a while. But uh, yeah. But even like sometimes you hit that spot where like this movie is so bad that even the kids aren't buying it. Like, we just saw one over the weekend called The the Nut Job about the squirrels and, like, doing a heist with a hundred famous actors, you know, doing the voices. And this movie was so boring and unwatchable that uh, even no matter how cool or the characters were or how quickly the action moved, the, both kids were like, this, yeah, this is very good. Awesome. <laughs> God love them. So, but Box Trolls is the other one. My daughter actually saw it. I haven't seen it yet. So that's one of the ones that she absolutely loved that I still want to see. I want to see that as well. Yeah. One of my favorite pornos. <laughs> Stop motion animation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is the best way to watch. Hey, there's no way I could stop the motion. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, that's our show. Two, num- episode 236. Six. Wow. Nice. See what happened. <laughs> See what you started. Um, put it in the books. Yeah. Um, that is our show. Uh, we want to thank our guest, Steel Saunders. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Upcoming shows, whatever. You probably the best way is just to write a letter to the green guy. Write a letter, and then I'll, I'll read it out in a high pitch voice. So get those stamps together, you guys. They actually, the editor of the Green Guide said the actual if a letter gets posted rather than an email. They're the most disturbing ones. Oh. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is uh, handwritten. It's more likely that it was written under the in the shadow of a swastika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a uh, taxidermied human behind them or something. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect. It's sense. Uh, written next to their nail collection. Yeah, their <laughs> manifesto. Um, you can on Twitter. It's Steel Saunders, which is S T E E L E S A U N D E R S. Or if you're just on iTunes searching for podcasts, search I Love Green Guide Letters. Or this isn't the podcast you're looking for. Or just my name, Steel Saunders, and it'll come up. And I think we're doing some good stuff. So check it out. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing the festival again. It was oh, great having you yeah, guys. It was great having the, you guys. The best fun. Awesome. It was a gr- it was, we um it's my mission to get like a posse of people to come back next next year because it was so it was so fun. If you love podcasts, it's 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 like sugar for podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is the most is. a fan said to me, they were like, you know, you guys said it was all well run and all that stuff, but uh, she goes, I felt special. I felt like the fans, and I was like, that's what we want. We want everybody. Yeah. Uh, we've had so much great feedback from it. And guys, you know, email us or post on the Facebook page like what podcast you'd like to see in next year's fest. We're, we're very close to locking down a date with the hotel because we want to lock down the date and start planning for 2015 because yes. it's, it's just it's so much fun it, and and it's such a um a huge amount of work the earlier we get started <laughs> yes. the uh, the yes. better yes <laughs> um all right guys 
Thank you so much. Uh, I will be headlining Go Bananas this week in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, October 16th through the 19th. Um, uh, you can get all those dates uh, and all my stuff at GrahamElwood.com and also at ComedyFilmNerds.com. We're going to be doing um, a live... Um, why am I blanking on this? November 15th November at the 15th. Chinese Theater at the Inside Jokes Comedy Club. What are they... Uh, they took... <laughs> I thought you were going to do a live soundscape. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking... You got all... <laughs> Frampton just then. <laughs> um, so yeah, they took one of the movie theaters at the Chinese six, not the main one, obviously the, the six multiplex that's upstairs. Um, and they turned it into a comedy club called inside jokes. And so we can screen stuff. So we're going to do a night of stand up comedy and short films. We're going to yeah. show maybe the earbuds trailer again. Yes. Um, and that's November 15th. So you can get tickets for that. It's a 10 o'clock show. Um, so come and check that out. And uh, we're going to be doing some more live shows down the road, too. We're working on one right now. Absolutely. And we got one coming up in December. Got one coming up in December in Oklahoma City, December 11th. We're going to be doing two shows. Uh, The early show is going to be stand-up. And then the late show is going to be the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. So if you're in Oklahoma City, December 11th. Great. And one thing I've been forgetting to mention, too, I did uh, a... our intern Ben's podcast, Pretty Little Podcast. That's such a fun podcast. It is an amazing podcast. So we would watch an episode of Pretty Little Liars and then yeah. comment on it. And it was, it's such a fascinating show that it's actually on the air. It's like one of these weird, like teen Twin Peaks shows that makes no sense. And, um, but it's like it's serialized and it's absolutely so much fun. Um, a lot of attention to detail on the outfits the young ladies are wearing. Uh, and, uh, uh, check that out. This is the it's you can go to iTunes. It's Pretty Little Podcasters, and it's uh, about the show Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, it's our intern Ben, and they, it's 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 a great fun show. And I've never gotten so much personalized swag before <laughs> that uh, when you leave, it's literally a bag of stuff that you're gonna love. Everything from like I got the racket raccoon bobblehead Ooh. to a um, the um, Boba Fett computer sitter. He gave me like a. Uh, a graphic novel of Guardians of the Galaxy, and he made for the kids uh, Groot cookies, like Groot in the, cookies in the shape of Groots in cupcakes that we brought home, and the kids were like uh, ecstatic. Nice. So, how do I get on that podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I'll get you in touch with Ben. It's fantastic. I want treats. Yeah, <laughs> it shows great. Yeah, we've done a bunch of shows. We've been guests on a lot of shows. Yeah, we have. We've been we've like done a movie fair of meltdown. Shows. Yes, that we've been a guest on that show. And check that should, show out. Get a plug that Graham will, next week will be on uh, This Isn't the Podcast You're Looking For. Yeah. Talking Star Wars. We're going to talk hardcore Star Wars. Uh, I just watched uh, in July, My I mentioned on the show before, my nephews were in town and they're 11 and 12 and I made them watch all three Star Wars on VHS original versions. Well, that's the one great thing about Disney. They're going to release the original uncut versions on Blu-ray. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I like that you say that you are uh, you watched all three movies on VHS I'm proud of that fact. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. But you, the fact that you said all three movies, very telling. 
either you've mentally blocked out some or you're an awfully bad counter. <laughs> no, the prequels don't exist yeah, they don't to count. me. They were somebody did some stuff that was I've heard They'll about. They'll be retconned out. Yeah, they, there's yeah. been three Star Wars movies as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, there's a fourth one coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know. I know some people dabbled with some stuff. I think there's some internet videos or yeah, whatever. It's like but... Highlander 2 with aliens. You know, it just you know, didn't really happen. No, there was one Highlander movie. There's yeah. been one Matrix movie. Um, yeah. And everything else. There was one police academy, yeah. one karate kid. And one Porky's, one Caddyshack. And one Punisher movie. And one, Punisher movie. <laughs> and one E.T. Yeah. Wait, wait, I thought that. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our program. Thank you, Steele, for flying all the way up from Australia just to do this. Much appreciated. <laughs> well, that's the, the beauty of podcasting. The cash is really rolling in. So. <laughs> yeah, we paid for his airplane ticket. First class. Um, so thank you guys so much. Check out all of Steel's stuff online. Yep, and don't forget harrys.com. Uh, Use coupon code COMEDYFILMNERDS. $5 off. Boom. Get your face cleaned up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quit walking around with a shaggy, weird face and clean it yeah, up. Yeah, clean it up. Clean it up. All right? A broken beard is right twice a day. <laughs> You want to be right all day. (laughs) All day. Be right all day with harrys.com, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Coupon code comedy film nerds. All right. I'm Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han Han shot shot first. first. (gasps) Eat less sugar. (laughs) Just Han or? Everyone. Everyone? Even Greedo? Yeah, even everyone in Mos Eisley. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mos Eisley, it's on you. Weight challenge.